0: G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the Farms Vice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Vice and let's get into this episode. Well, welcome back to the Ag World Partnership where we bring you the insights of beyond record keeping and how ag tech is shaping Australian horticulture as a whole. Today, we'll be talking to Tanner Smith, a very intelligent man and he's working for Macadamia Farm Management. We'll roll into seeing how macadamia industry is using new technologies, how they're improving productivity on farm and how they're actually using the data that they've collected Let's dive into this episode and see how it's all happened up in Queensland. Well, g'day and welcome to the Farns Vice podcast. Ternus, how are you going today? Um, Not too bad. Thanks. And yourself, Jack. Yeah, really good, mate. And great to have you on talking about diverse conversations and especially you're coming from horticulture, which is really good as we're more broadacre- Around the region where I am and livestock, so great to have you on board, and thank you very much.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's it's quite an honor to um, be part of a podcast and uh, share some of my thoughts. I guess.
0: Yeah, it's great a great way for farmers to actually start to get out there a bit and test their own development skills as well, which is like what I'm trying to do as well. Um, rather than just continually farming, so we can learn from others and spread some farms advice naturally as it is.
1: Yeah, always nice sharing information and especially on a, on a diverse set of platforms. I mean, there's nothing better
0: than listening to a podcast while sitting in a tractor, eh? Yeah, that's it. And something that you think might be so little, um, another farmer out there is just looking for that piece of information you may not even know about it. But yeah. anyway, hopefully you can get a few points from this episode listening with myself and Tennis about how data working with Agworld as well comes into the situation. But before we get down to it, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, maybe where your name came from and your connection to agriculture. <laughs>
1: the the name, um, name was actually a family name, so passed down from grandpa um, and then to, to dad and then all the way down to me. Um, not sure if it's a curse yet. Um originally from South Africa um and uh yeah i don't think they put quite a little bit of thought into the name when or maybe they just didn't think i'd ever leave south africa but um i left south africa about two years ago um and uh migrated to australia um i've been working before that um in the macadamia industry for uh close to eight nine years um pretty much started straight out of university came went and did um A short stint in potatoes, um, pretty much in irrigated potatoes and a large portion of my work was in irrigation. Um, Got the opportunity to go and work in macadamias. So um, then pretty much shifted over, went and worked in the macadamias. Uh, worked for a macadamia processor in South Africa, Um, started my own consulting business um, not so long ago. Um, After that, Pretty much did quite a bit of work for the Australian Macadamia Society and slowly progressed and doing a work a lot of work internationally um, across Africa, Asia, and, and Australia. And then at the end of the day, ended up at Macadamia Farm Management. Um, did a few um, postgraduate degrees after that and just try to get myself as knowledgeable as possible. And at the end of the day, I realized that I still don't know know enough, um, which is. Uh, always humbling especially when you get into the real world of things um but yeah it's it's uh, that's pretty much a background on myself um no nothing nothing too interesting about the name though
0: well it's great that we can draw on your experiences uh for this episode but great to also have you on as diverse background it's not everyone's come from overseas working with australian agriculture you've seemed to stuck it out working within the high value crop of what macadamies are. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they're high
1: value this year. Um, We never know markets go up and down. There's been a lot of trees being planted in the ground. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, it's been a rapidly developing industry um, more so than a lot of other things, I guess. And what's been positive to see is that there's, there's still so much development in agriculture and, I mean, straight across the uh, the border, Australia is no different to any other country. And um, just, people just keep on putting a lot of resources into agriculture, which is great to see.
0: Yeah, and especially like external investment into the space of horticulture is seen to be much easier rather than livestock um, and broad acres. So it's an exciting space for yourself where you're, you're operating from. You're in Bundaberg, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I,
1: I, Bundaberg and the wide bay area so a little bit of um, Queensland and we've got a few down in uh, southeast Queensland as well a few farms down there
0: but majority of them in the wide bay area beautiful I was up in Bundaberg recently and got got a taste of that really rich red dirt up there it's pretty beautiful up there so different to anywhere else Oh, I think I think that only took you to the nicest spots.
1: Um, you know, there's there's a small patch in Bundaberg um, with some really nice red dirt, and the rest of it is pretty much stupidly shallow sandy soils onto a clay base, which is uh, ridiculous. And
0: you scrape yourself to death to get some topsoil together most of the time. Yeah, right. So they really planned out the highways and the roads to give the beautiful side of what Bundaberg is. Definitely. Just takes you past the rum factory. That's what they do. Yeah, don't worry, we stopped in there too. But <laughs> mate, let's talk about what is macadamia farm management? What is it? And tell us a little bit more. Uh so
1: macadamia farm management A um we're a management company. Um we pretty much do everything in macadamia's which you can think about. Um we manage farms on behalf of investors, if I can put that as simple as possible. So um if I If I could explain it, we at the end of the day, an investor would approach us. Um, We'll go and source a piece of land somewhere, suitable piece of land. Um, We'll pretty much do the whole orchard layout, the soil sampling straight from the start, Um, do the cultivar selection, um, develop its irrigation, straight off the bat, develop a a farm for it. Um, And then from there on, we'll manage that farm uh, until the investor wants to manage it himself. Most likely, most of them always just stick with Mac farm management and we just keep on manning, managing it for that. Um, and then within the business, it's got, uh, it's, we've got our own in-house agronomy services. Um, we've got you know trained pruning crews and uh, a whole bunch of finance people as always, as most businesses do. But um, simply put, we farm on behalf of investors um, and some of them are Australian local um, farmers already that are maybe small crop growers um, that just don't want to double in in macadamias or any other crop or sugarcane growers that want to diverse, diversify a little bit. Um, and we take all shapes and sizes. Um, we've got about, at this stage, I think roughly about 3,500 hectares of macadamias planted. Um, expanding at about a rate of about 500 hectares a year is what we're currently managing to get into the ground. Um, really challenging, um, especially with an industry that was fairly reliant on a bit of backpack labor. But um, yeah, we that's pretty much what we do. Anything, anything macadamia related, um, that's pretty much where it starts. We build our own harvesters. We manufacture most of our own equipment um it's just yeah it it's a it's a full-on business most of the time
0: yeah definitely and those investors by using yourself at macadamia farm management they can actually get the expertise straight away and the research that's gone into finding a spot and that's aligned with growing macadamias
1: yeah i think there's there's quite a bit of school fees that have been paid over the years and i think that you buy into a lot of um a lot of that school fees uh, that have been paid and you're saving quite a bit of cost. But I think the the other part of it that's really valuable is that um, a lot of these investors were also a little bit of a, a, a call it a a central point where these investors come together um, and they buy pools of machinery, um, et cetera. So each farm doesn't necessarily own a tractor. Um, They'll have an investment group or a machinery company that has its own set of machinery and they just um, borrow machinery from one another, um, which makes it a lot more viable for, for the smaller grower as well. Um, for instance, if you wanted to go and put 50 hectares of macadamias into the ground at the moment, your cash flow might look quite different because you might actually have to go and purchase a tractor and purchase this, et cetera where a lot of those capital investments aren't necessarily, and you can just rent equipment out. Um, same with staff and everything else. I think that's where the, the true strength of, of the company comes in. It makes it a little bit more accessible to some of, the, some of the smaller investors as well.
0: Yeah, well, when you're dealing with the nut industry, like you can deal with quite unique pieces of equipment, can't you? It's not just your front-end loader on a tractor to get the job done. No, that's
1: it's quite an interesting one. Um, you know, we we've we've planted all these trees, and the first thing that comes to mind is how do you harvest all these trees? So it's um it's definitely not hand picking them, and um you can't actually go to you can't go to a John Deere or a Case or a Massey Ferguson or one of those guys and tell them, hey, can I just buy one of those macadamia nut harvesters from you? Um, they they don't really make them. So that's one of our biggest challenges is actually to get harvesters built. Um, and what we've done is we've actually um, purchased some really old cane harvesters um, and significantly modified uh, sugarcane harvesters into in macnut mac harvesters. Um, and it's been a challenge. I think there's, there's a lot of new guys coming into the industry um, trying all different sorts of things to actually make the harvesters work fairly well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's quite a skill and there's not a lot of agricultural engineers just hanging around waiting for the next project, I guess.
0: No, no, I could imagine it would be pretty tough for the picking to find these engineers, um, especially to design unique pieces of equipment um, for a specialty niche sector. Yeah, uh, definitely. And... Leading on from that, how horticulture in the mac- macadamia industry that you work within, how they're using new pieces of technology um, to integrate into the current systems and then actually can actually feed back into the investors to give them strategic decisions to make better decisions off the back of that as well. But also, you guys that are on the ground doing the hard yards, that you can actually read the information daily see what's going on
1: yeah i think we've, we've got quite a quite a few um interesting uh,
0: pieces of technology
1: that we implement these days um um being fairly fairly muddy as we speak um i just look at our irrigation automation systems which are um they are surreal um they are fantastic systems where with the touch of a button, I could switch on any pump at any of our sites as we go, and it'll actually tell me how much fertilizer I want to give out of which tank. And I could all do that on my phone um, without any issue most of the time. So they they are fantastic. It's been a it's been a game changer for us in general. Um, we I, we won't be able to run our farms the way we do um, without having these systems in place. Um, But, I mean, they're fairly commonplace these days in automation um, of irrigation. Um, But the one thing that, you know, labor being a massive issue, I guess, everywhere in in Australia at the moment, um, we've actually started looking at, um, you know, from an irrigation point of view, one of the biggest challenges we need to check sprinklers that every tree is actually getting some water. So we've uh, aligned with some of the industry partners, the guys from Green Atlas. Um, Green Atlas has got some scanning robots. So robots are pretty much a rover um, that actually scans the orchards. Um, and we've started developing um, some new tools with them that have actually that could scan a good scan of blocked sprinkler um, and then could deliver a map pretty quickly to you and you could go and send that map to someone someone can then go out into the field and fix whatever they need to fix um you know it also does a whole bunch of other things where we've got the same type of technology um scanning for mistletoe so i'm not sure if you're familiar with mistletoe but parasitic plant that just grows into into trees and macadamias aren't um, different to any other trees so um, we've got a lot of these parasitic plants growing there, and it could actually identify these plants um, within a macadamia canopy, which is amazing. It's it's usually a very dense tree, and um, you could you could identify that out of it, um, and it's a significant labour saving, you know, opposed to what we used to do, and that was two people and one in a tractor and one in a forklift cage at the front just driving up and down a row looking for, for a bit of leaf that's different from macadamia leaf. Um, so we've had some real good um, results from that. We've actually implemented um or am um, in the process of actually getting um, the guys from Swarm Farm um, on board. Uh, we've developed a, a robotic mower in the past with them, so for orchards. Um, so we've got Robotic mowers is on the cards at the moment, Um, actually getting something that can keep our grasses short in the the middle of the row, in between our trees, um, autonomously and just run by itself 24 seven. So a little bit of that space as well that that we're dabbling with, Um, quite a big project with local government trying to get that up and running. Um, Always some safety concerns with these technology technological things in general um but yeah it's, it seems to be pretty good and then of course all the the, the data capturing side of things um actually the, pretty much the agronomist by trade of the com- of the company and um you know there's the drone technology that's coming through is is just amazing um that are you know we can calculate canopy volume and we could see which trees are smaller and which trees are larger and where does a nut come from. And, you know, we could, we could pretty much pinpoint that um, to a two centimeter resolution is what the imagery is available at now. And if you look at some of them, they just, um, you could actually spot a weed in an orchard from the imagery that they, that they give you. So it's, it's quite surreal what we're getting from those. We implement that from pretty much across all our, across all our farms. Um, and then it's just the technology available to integrate all that data that we've got. Um, we've got, like most of the broadacre cries would have a, a grid map or a um, you know precision mapping of our soils. Um, we'll layer that with what our tree volumes are and tree growth numbers are, et cetera, um, and then importing it into layers such as PCT or platforms such as PCT, um, which can then just draw these conclusions on top of one another and actually get us some really good correlations of what's happening. Um, you know where you see wet spots on a farm and what the yield's actually doing there, etc. Um, and then yeah, I mean, recently we've been um, we've done a quite a lot of it with AgWorld as well, which was which has been fantastic. We've integrated all these different things into one spot, um, and you, as you can imagine, if you've got 300 employees running around um, handling fertilizer and chemical and pruning and everything. You have to keep track of them and actually have to keep track of what things cost as well. Um, and that's, that's been fantastic, having all of those systems talk together. Um, and even the, the just integration of all the stuff with our tractors and our John Deere operation centers and all the rest, it's been, it's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think that's the beauty of ag tech these days. Probably 10, 15 years ago, you're having technology all operating on itself. You'd have to log in, log out into your other ag tech if you did have it. Um, and how they all work together can really enhance saving the time, but also money and also the help out with the labour shortage. But, like most importantly, to make those better decisions, data back decisions, um, but also you can get a feel for it because you're out in the field. Your agronomists are out in the field to see how they can work with the land a little better to be able to create more productivity from this tree, identifying that it's smaller, this tree is bigger um, and making a decision off that. So just out of curiosity, what do you actually do for one tree that's not quite as established as the next, a smaller one? Oh,
1: when, when you find a smaller one in between a bunch of bigger ones. Um, yeah, we've got a strange philosophy pretty much in general at the company. Um, we're, we're firm believers in most thing organic. Um, we do push quite a bit of um, compost most of the time. Um, so usually it gets a little bit of a special recipe, which would be a few buckets of compost, uh, a bit of umate and a bit of fulvic acid, etc. cetera. Um, and then some kelp and fish and everything else. So a little bit of extra love um and uh yeah the, the past couple of months i would say not months actually years we've um we've played around with quite a bit of cover crops as well so it will get its own set of special legumes around the base as well um and then miraculously uh macadamias just love organic matter and just love organic material like like, like most plants but um macadamias you just see a massive um, boost out of them and then um, yeah, a little bit of that love and just get that root growth a little bit growing and just invigorate root growth. And then the next thing you know, that tree is double the size of its neighbors and then you have to keep treating them the same as well. So it's a a never ending issue. Um, We make about, uh, I don't know, I think at this stage about 40,000 cubic meters of compost is what we make ourselves in a year. Um, And uh, we buy in pretty much, Double that every year as well, just
0: to try and keep the trees happy and try and keep them. Not just look after our soil as well.
1: Make sure we've got some really healthy soils.
0: Yeah, because I imagine a macadamia tree would take a lot of energy to grow, wouldn't it? And to produce the nut each season.
1: Yeah, that, it, it, you would. One would assume that just being an oil oil rich crop and quite an oily crop, um, you'd assume that they they take quite a bit. Um, but the best part of them is that they're natives. Yep. They're native trees from Australia, and they've just adapted to some really poor soils and really low-nutrient soils. And, um, yeah, they, they're actually fantastically efficient at what they do. So they're not as hungry as one would think in general. Um, they are hungry, but they one would think that they use quite a bit of fertilizer. Um, and most of the time, we we don't fertilize them well, maybe we could fertilise them more, but we still get some really good results with with the lower amounts of fertiliser that we do use on on our farms.
0: Oh, well, good to hear. But let's step back and look at the whole process for anyone that doesn't or isn't aware of macadamias. So you've got your planting time, your pruning, and then a harvest each year. Well, you probably don't harvest from that first plant seedling. Um, but talk no. to how the different ways you're using ag tech to become more productive in each of these sort of scenarios, so from planting a new crop of trees yep so when we uh, i think um it's
1: something it's still maybe a uh, new for quite a few other industries as well, but um if you're a broadacre grower you'd think yeah, we've been doing this for quite a while, but we were one of the first companies that built a a GPS planter um so we've got a GPS tree planter and um, so all our trees that was one of the biggest things for us. Um, we used to plant about a thousand trees a hectare. Uh, 1,000 trees a thousand trees a day is what we used to get in the ground with people and um, now we do anything from four to six thousand trees a day with a tractor and a GPS on it which is which is great. Um, it's changed the world for us um, in terms of productivity. So yeah, basically one person, yeah, usually, usually two—one person on the planter sitting next to it and putting some um, plants in the in the planter itself—and then one person on the tractor. Um, so two in, in most of the time. Um, but yeah, I, from the start, um, if I had to go and look at all the technology that we we actually use and never really given that enough thought, I just think we just—it's commonplace these days. But before we even start a field, we'll. Um, We'll actually get a, a EM map done, um, and just to get the the laser levelling right, and just to get the drainage right on all our farms, and then we've got laser levelling, which has been a game changer for the industry in many ways. And how the different models just run the water off that field, and you just feed that into a into a tractor, and it just gets it right, which is quite good. Um, so we'll do all that. We'll um, then prepare the fields, put a now gps planter in there um actually put my trees in and then most of the time that's where technology is technology is letting us down a little bit is uh we can't really find technology to prune yet for us um that that's a big one um our trees go into the ground get water get fertilizer which is automated as i said before and um, the water and fertilizer part of things um, but we can't really get any technology yet in a, in, a, in a pruning point of view, the best we've done with that is having electrical backpack shears. So pruning shears with a, with battery operated pruning shears, um, which have been really good for us as well. Um, saved us quite a bit of time and money um, and all the battery technology that's come through has, has been great, but yeah, we'll typically put them in the ground. We'll prune them. You'll wait about anything from, Four to six years to get your first decent crop out of macadamias so for the first four years it's pretty much just the same you mow them you prune them you fertilize them and you just if you keep on doing that consistently you're pretty good um one thing that i can uh, mention that we've from a technology point of view is that um most of our tree sprayers for foliar feeds and Um, our compost application machinery, et cetera, all of that is now sensor-based. So um, we don't just spray the whole hectare anymore. It it actually senses the tree and applies it when it sees a tree. Um, The same with our compost spreaders. Um, They actually only apply at the base of the tree, which is something we've only done recently, mostly due to the fact that that's the the only time the technology has been available to us. We've also added quite a bit of LiDAR technology to our tractors um, and are busy investigating how we'll use LiDAR to variably rate spray um, our trees as well um, on the go. Mm-hmm. So we could get that. That would be a big saving for us as well and a little bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and those small trees, most of the time, they, um, they they just take a bit of time to grow. And once they, in production i guess that's where um a year four it year four will will send all our harvesters in there our harvesters are then like i said before built by ourselves but they've got um our yield mapping is pretty interesting um it's a little bit different from what we'll get with a bunch of other industries like most other industries yield mapping would be in, uh, on a on a load cell basis so um, actually, you know, you know how those work. They, they just weigh what you harvest. Um, but we've actually got camera boxes on board, um, and we're actually counting nuts. So we've got nut counters, um, and as the nuts flow through the the receiver will hopper of the of the harvester, it'll actually scan individual nuts and make a count out of that. Um, so we then get on-the-go healed maps, which are which are pretty good. Um, still a bit of fine tuning there just because of the sheer volume of what we're throwing at it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still pretty good technology. And again, saved us quite a bit of money. Um, uh, we've got machines now scanning orchards to see how much nuts on the ground, um, which has been a big saver for us um, by knowing how much nuts on the ground. You can actually decide if you want to send your harvester there or not. Um, no, it's sometimes it's just not economic. When,
0: when to start harvesting. If they're covered. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Eh? Yeah. So if you if you let's say you only have a kilo, a kilo of nut underneath a tree and there's 300 trees and a hectare and you go up, there's 300 kilos.
0: Okay. You know,
1: if you go and do all the calculations on that, it's just not economic enough to actually send a the harvester there. You're better off waiting until there's two kilos of nut under the tree. Um, you know, so it's it's been good having technology like that as well in there. Um And then, yeah, um, after that, uh, our sorting facilities and sorting sheds are, um, I I guess they make use of the most technology that we do have in possession all the time. They've got um, color sorters that are just phenomenal and and can sort five, six tons an hour um, and have artificial intelligence. So you show it whatever you want to take out and it takes a few photos of those and then you just leave the machine and it learns itself. Um, and it just keeps on taking that and extra stuff that you, um, that you didn't even know existed, but it's picking it up and it's teaching itself. So the sorting equipment that we have in facilities are getting better and better every day.
0: Yeah, right. So there's, there's a lot to go into that. With your two kilos on the ground, how many kilos is your average? Academia tree
1: producing oh that's a
0: that's a good one uh, in
1: the industry average or our farm average um that's usually a debatable one but um if you look at industry average it's about 2.5 tons a hectare so two and a half tons a hectare yep. if you have to work that back you're looking at about seven kilos a tree more or less seven to eight kilograms of tree um Uh, and most of our farm mature farms um, that are in production are producing around the four and a half to five and a half ton mark average um, which means you're closer to about 20 closer to 20 kilos a tree mark um, and that's in that ballpark somewhere
0: yep beautiful let's take a quick break to hear from AgWorld themselves Agworld connects growers, their staff, agronomists, and contractors on one easy-to-use farm management platform. By capturing farm data on Agworld, users have key information at their fingertips at all times for managing a more data-driven, efficient, and profitable farm business. Contact Agworld today to find out more. Now back into the episode. So for yourself, how has Agworld shaped the way that you're using your data on farm and how it... Connects all of your employees together so they have equal face.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah, Look, I've um, I pushed for this quite a while back when I was um, I just started here and we were still doing everything by like paper. Um, and you know you'd have a paper everything, and I just shook my head and I just said we. I I can't deal with author. I don't understand what this guy's handwriting saying. I don't know even which farm he's worked on. Um, I'm brand new to this company, but I've got no idea what you guys are doing. And um, we've been looking for quite a while to get all our stuff online um, and get it, you know, get, just move away from paper. Um, And yeah, we've came across Agwell. Um, They took us for a little bit of a tour on it and we said, all right, let's, let's start implementing this and see how this goes. Um, So we bought a bunch of iPads and stuck them in tractors, and then said to um, operators because the operators have to work with them. And we said to them, "All right, have a go. All right, if you if you can make this work, we can get rid of all the other papers that you need to fill in." Um, and yeah, it's they, they've just taken off on it. Um, we've I've used it extensively. I plan out every as an agronomist. I actually plan out every. St- every farm's fertilizer and spray program and irrigation program and everything that I want to do, I plan that out for the whole year. Um, it's fantastic that I can get some costs out of it to actually see what this is going to cost me for the year. Um, and then just saving, you know, our, our farm managers, they, they're they very busy people um, most of the time and um, just saving them all that effort to, go and actually write a piece of paper and give that to someone. Now it's as easy as it. they look at the plan that I've drafted. They go, yes, I approve of this plan and I'm happy to go ahead with this plan. Um, And then just send it and assign it to someone. So assigning that to the person driving the tractor is just stupidly easy. Um, They don't have to worry about doing stock takes in the background because all that's taken care of. Um, you know they've got batch numbers in there. They've got all the stuff that we need for compliance um, is in that program. And yeah, it, it's just a pity I didn't get onto this earlier. Um, we're going through an audit at the moment, and I've got half of the farms on it, and half of the farms that I haven't transitioned yet. And I'm I, I just don't want to deal with papers and compliance anymore. Um, you know, it, the auditor looks at it and goes. I can see all of your stuffs here. Um, I could literally track every bit of chemical that you've used throughout the season um, on this platform. So, yeah, Agworld's just been—it's been—it's been really, really great. It's been a good and you know good addition to what we do at our company. Um, it pulls us all together. Um, it makes it easy for everyone to make sure that tasks get done on time. Um, it creates a bit of accountability as well um, especially with the fact that you can assign it to certain people you can give them a due date and you can have all the chemical in there Um, you know uh, working with people isn't always necessarily easy and they all have their different strengths and um, a lot of tractor operators aren't really necessarily good at and filling in papers, that's why... And they'll, let, they'll make sure you understand that that's why they became an operator and they didn't become an office person um, because they're not good at filling in papers, but they've just been so good just looking through what they've got on the screen. They're helping them mix tanks. Um, it's given them just the right amount of information to make a good decision. Um, and then, yeah... The, just the fact that they can press one or two buttons and get on with the job. um, I would really wager a bit here that I think we've saved at least a half an hour every day on an activity that we need to do. Um, And that's a half an hour per activity. So it could add up to two hours a day that we've saved in labor costs just by using that and
0: not having to deal with all the paperwork that goes along with farming these days. And as you said, through compliance and auditing, can really be in your favour. If you do have it all on there transitioned from paper into products like Ag World, it could make it that much easier. But it sounds like your employees are actually getting used to it as well and actually enjoying their days a bit more, not filling out the endless paperwork that you need to.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really nice because everybody's on the platform is the fact that they can actually drop some points every now and again and make some observations on the farm. So I might be driving a a tractor, mowing in a row and come across a leaking irrigation pipe. And I could just stop there without necessarily going and fixing the pipe, which would be great, but they still don't do that. Um, But having them drive there and just, drop a pin and say, all right, there's an irrigation leak here. Let person X know because person X would actually come out and then just come and fix the leak. Um, You know, those little increases in efficiency that we've had just by having the people embrace the systems have been great.
0: Yeah, it really allows that efficiency and productivity productivity to lift, leaving it to the expertise for those to come out, the ones that can fix the irrigation the specialists there as well. What I'm interested in, though, is you said before about buying iPads and slapping them into the tractors. How did you yep. improve implementation of AgTech, like AgWorld, for your employees but also for yourself and maybe even the investors? How, was it a hard transition? Oh, it's not. It, look, um,
1: for investors, it's not that difficult. Um, I think most of them see the way agriculture is going at the moment. Um and especially agriculture in Australia is, is quite an interesting one from somebody like myself coming from South Africa where a lot of these compliance issues aren't necessarily you know as important as it is in, in Australia but um, you know you can't really do business in in the country at, at all if you are not compliant with everything around you um, So it's a pretty easy sell to sell onto an investor that from a compliance point of view, this is making our jobs easier and this is saving you a bit of money. So really haven't struggled convincing investors. Um, I guess the other part that's been fantastic from um, the AgWorld side put onto investors is the fact that they can actually get some really good reporting out of that. Um, It actually involves them a little bit into their farming as well. So having their own login details to a profile or into a farm, it's been good because I could pull a report for them and tell them, this is the planned activities for your farm for the year. And it creates a little bit of better communication as well. So that they know where and what money is spent, et cetera, and what activities are planned for a farm. Um, but from the employee side for myself, I've always been a little bit of a, a geek um, in terms of trying to get technology into agriculture. Um, firm believer that there's quite a lot of really good stuff in other industries and, and, and you know, just tech in general that could be applied to agriculture. People just don't see agriculture as a really flashy job, although, but, although it is, and although there's such a big scope for us to do some really nice things in agriculture, I don't think people see it that way all the time. So, um, for me it's been easy it's, it's been really easy to just transition onto this but um, workers were skeptical um, we've got a, a really um, interesting timekeeping app um, like our timesheets that we do keep but uh, we've developed ourselves and it's been causing them a little bit of trouble every now and again so they said "Oh, it's, a, it's just another digital system which is not going to work um, and I said to them well you have a go at it, try to break it, just go out there and come back with the problems. And you tell me whatever the problems are. Um, I'll go back to Ag World and then we'll fix whatever the problems are. And um, yeah, they, they've not come back yet. They've all just kept quiet and are just too happy that they, that they don't fill in papers anymore. Um, they, they're just really, really happy. So it's been they were skeptical. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, and you'd still find one or two workers that complains about something that's not to their liking. But it's not because the, the the technology or the the software program doesn't work. It's not that. It's just they wanted it in green and now it's in blue or something. You know, something silly. But they're just looking for a reason to whinge. I guess.
0: No, no. But it looks like you've implemented <laughs> it quite well in actually educated your employees about it, the operators that are going to be using it each and every day. But for yourself, within the macadamia and horticulture industry, what would you love to see more of? Oh, I I would love to
1: see heaps and heaps and heaps more young people entering the industry. Um, I I, I guess it's more a dream than anything else. Yeah. we are we are extremely short of skilled people um, in all aspects of farming, not just not just macadamias, horticultural in general. Um, it is a, I, I guess it's a war outside at the moment um, with people just grabbing at skills left and right, um, and doesn't matter. I, I came to Australia I'm from South Africa um, based on skills, and you know when I left South Africa, my brother left with me as well to come to Australia and two mates, which were agronomists in South Africa also left and to come to Australia. And you look at that, it's not better anywhere in the world. The skills aren't getting more. Um, ag in general is, like I said before, it's not a flashy flashy career choice. Everything, but Everybody thinks you're going to just be digging in the dirt all the time, but there's some really good jobs out there and I, I would just love to see a lot more young people into the industry um, and people that have a passion for, for agriculture. I'd really love to see that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. What we're trying to do is create some great content around the people working in the internals of it, like yourself. Um, and that will gravitate the people that are looking for these expert, expert roles and they can actually roll out new technology within the firm that they are just like you have. It's really good work. Oh,
1: thanks very much. Yeah. I, I should have put in a better word then, but um, and shouldn't have said that I got dirty today. Um, but yeah, this, it's been, yeah, I mean, I, we're actually only two agronomists for the, for the whole company at the moment. And um, uh, just a shocking stat we've been advertising, I don't know, for three, four months or something. Um, for another person to come and join our team, you know, looking looking for somebody that's got a bit of analytical skills and is good on a computer and, you know, all those types of things. And we just haven't had any applications even, which is just it's ridiculous. Um, it's just bad not having people out there um, that, that are interested in jobs um and again it's maybe because agriculture's got a if agriculture had a bit of a a more flashy name attached to it it would be better
0: yeah i think we need a shift from just thinking of everyone in farming is picking potatoes or marking lambs as such we need to be actually telling people not only telling but doing it like we are on the podcast today so Mate, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, Ternus. Great to have you on. How can, oh, how can people reach out to you? Oh, um, they could reach out. So if they want, they could
1: go and follow our um, our Instagram and Facebook pages, um, which we have. They're just called Macadamia Farm Management. Um, if they want to reach out to me personally, it's that horrible name of mine. Um, it's T H. E-U-N-I-S at macfarmmanagement.com on my email Um, and I'll gladly get back to everyone or if there's some queries that I could help with.
0: Amazing, mate. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We'll talk further down the track. Awesome. Thanks very much, Jack. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice Podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the Farms Advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.